Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. What is it called again? Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... <laughs> Joshua Murphel. Uh, today, we're going to be taking a look at Spidey comics from August of 1988. Yeah! And we've jo- we've got a special guest. Actually, she's here every week, G.I. Jolie. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> the best Madness. opening Sorry. ever. Everybody's drunk except for me, apparently. <laughs> yeah, All right, and also joining us. We have a guest. A very special <laughs> guest. Also joining us for the 141st time, Bex Luthor. I don't think I've been here that on many. That's true. You've missed a few. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. This episode is off, what a off great the rails. What's this podcast episode? called? Who knows? Wow, okay. This one's going to be a banger, everybody. Oh my god. Oh my god. Julie, what happened? I went to her lovely store, Tastemaker Studio slash The Longbox, and I bought too many delicious sodas from there. Also, I'm just a disaster of a human being. Oh, oh my god, that's amazing. Okay. Anyway, it's actually oh. embarrassing. I was gonna make fun of Mike for for saying something dumb, and then I ruined it by being an idiot. <laughs> oh, that sounds like every week. Okay, so <laughs> no. And now we introduce oh. our very actual special guest for the second or third time ever, Mike Dell. <laughs> yes, thank you, uh, Mike Dell. It's always an honor to be invited on with your real friends. You know, yeah. you take me from the slums of flea market uh, fantasy. Yes. And you book none me on those, spider cast. Yeah. None of those people are here. Real friends? I don't think. <laughs> I, don't. I don't actually have any real friends. I, I only make friends by reviewing comic books. That's it. The man yeah. has a Spider-Man podcast. He has no friends. <sighs> this is true. Uh, I think anyway. this is my third time on the show, Michael. I think. Third? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think, I think it's been a couple times now. Well, thankfully, so, I have a database, so I can confirm that. I'm very we... excited, because usually <laughs> yeah. when I come on here, all the books are terrible. So... Michael, you you got to push up your glasses when you said that. <laughs> What's I have a that? <laughs> I have a database I can check. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm getting it right now. But anyway, okay, okay, okay. Uh, well, yeah. well, while you're looking that up, uh, we're going to be starting off this episode talking about Web of Spider-Man number 41. Uh, it's the second part of the Cult of Love story. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to be recapping that one real quick. I'm going to go as quickly as possible because I genuinely feel all three of these comics were just so dense and so many, like, things happened that I'm going to uh-huh. try and, like, summarize it real quick. Um, so we start off the issue. MJ has um, invited one of her friends over uh, to, like, hang out, and she's there to meet peter as well uh but peter is out as spider-man currently trying to save uh uh betty who has been like trapped in this cult so we left off we we pick up now where we left off last issue where spider-man is in this like house where this cult is and he's like trying to get betty to leave and then everybody wakes up and all of these guys start like piling on spider-man attacking him all at once so he's able to kind of push everybody off of him. He runs over uh, to try and stop Betty. He's like talking to her. He like webs up her hands and feet and tries to like kidnap her out of the place to save her. And then this guy turns the corner with a flamethrower and starts trying to burn both Spider-Man and Betty alive because he's holding Betty. Uh, while he's distracted, Betty actually 
pulls Peter's mask off. So he kind of has no choice but to cover his face, drop Betty, and then escape through a grate in the wall. So he's like in the vents. Uh, uh, we cut over to Ben Urich. He is at uh, like a realtor's office and he's like doing some investigative journalist uh, journalism and he's like talking to this woman about this love cult and she's kind of like I don't know what the hell you're talking about don't don't talk to me about this anyways we're close get out of here so she kind of like shoes him out and he's like hmm that's real fucking suspicious uh, we cut back over to uh, the cult somebody the guy with the flamethrower was kind of getting like in trouble for making a flamethrower how he did this in the facility i don't know it doesn't really matter we cut over to spider-man he's going through the vault and we meet um what is assumed to be the cult leader i can't remember what they call him they call him like teacher or leader or something teacher. like that I think so it's teacher, teacher yeah. yeah so it's uh we kind of figure out that he's in charge they're like yeah we're not really worried about about spider-man because what is he gonna do go to the cops we're just gonna get him arrested for trespassing so he's kind of like smug and thinks he's in control um so spidey spidey keeps crawling through the vents we cut back over to mj and uh she's still hanging out with her friend um uh and then she like MJ convinces her friend to stay the night so she can meet Peter. So she gives her uh, a pair of pajamas and lets her sleep in their bed. And then MJ takes the couch. Uh, Peter go like gets into like a uh, storage closet and he puts on a disguise. He puts on like one of the uniforms of the cult leaders. We cut back to the apartment and MJ's friend is like sneaking around and MJ wakes up and then she pretends like she's just trying to go to the washroom and then runs into the washroom and MJ goes back to sleep. Uh, then we cut over. Flash is at the Daily Bugle trying to get through to um, Kate Cushing. And she kind of like to tell to tell her about what's going on with Betty. So she brings him up to the offices and introduces him to Ben Urich. And the two of them decide that they're going to team up to figure out what's going on with this cult. Uh, again, we're back in the apartment. It's the next morning. MJ lies to her friend and says that, oh, yeah, Peter came back really late and left early because she doesn't want to say that he was out all night because it would look suspicious. Why would your husband be out all night without having to explain that he's Spider-Man? Again, we cut back to the cult. Uh, Peter's outside doing work. And then um, uh, one of the, like, the members kind of shouts that uh, the leader is going to be, teacher is going to be performing a miracle. So everybody runs into the facility. Um, we cut over to Ben Urich and Flash as they're interviewing. Uh, a f oh, I can't remember what his whole deal is. He used to be part of the cult. Him. Or something, yeah. He's he's a priest, and he, I think he has something. He he used to be in the cult or something like that. He's so deep. He's de yeah. He's deprogrammed people that were in cults. That's what he says. Right. So so he knows a little bit of like what this whole love cult is about. So Ben and Flash are talking to him and interviewing him. So like they're getting information about what happens at these like miracle sessions at the same time as the miracle session is playing out. So I'm just going to say what happens at the miracle session, but we're cutting back and forth at this point. So Flash and Ben are learning this at the same time as Peter is learning this actually in the cult. Um, we see a bunch of guys pull out this, this man and he's laid out on a table and teacher 
um, says that he's going to heal him and take his cancer out of his body. And we see him raise his hand and plunge it into this guy's stomach. And he pulls out masses of cancer. And then um, afterwards, he kind of like puts his hands on him to heal him and he wipes away the blood and there's no incision marks on his stomach whatsoever. And it's presumed that he's healed. And it turns out actually what it is, is there's like a balloon, a water balloon full of fake blood that he pops when he pretends to plunge his hand into this guy's stomach. And then he uses the balloon that's full of blood as like the fake cancerous mass and he discards it and everybody in the audience believes that this is real and uh the man describing this to ben and your uh, ben and flash um kind of say like this is how he um convinces people to 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 join and stay in the cult and usually um after seeing that you're you're there for life and then we cut back on the last panel of Peter Parker's shocked face and we're left to question whether uh, Peter Parker is going to be joining this cult or not in next issue. You know, okay, I'm just going to say quickly, there's a, a million cliche ways to end a comic, but this one, even though I've read the story many times, I completely forgot that it was mm. coming and I think it's a great ending to this story. This part two of a four-part story, uh, I thought this was a really good chapter. And I actually thought the art stood out. Even though Alex Saviak is always good, I thought the art was really good this issue. But I want to know, what did our special guest, Mike Dell, think of this issue? Yes. <clears throat> well, first of all, I did like the ending, like you said. Uh, except it kind of makes Peter, well, he's an idiot, this Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah. It makes him look really dumb. Because uh, he's apparently brainwashed by watching this uh, Faith Healer guy. Uh, but I did like the art, Mike. Uh, I, how did I never know about this guy's existence? What's his name? Alex Saviak? Alex Saviak or Saviak. He actually drew Web of Spider-Man from about number 35. I'm not kidding. To like yeah. 100 and something. Yeah, like 119 or something. I was yeah. Reading them the longest run in the book's history, right? Yeah. Uh, and then he know? also did the, the Daily Strip. Yeah, I learned that as well. Yeah. I, I, was never, I wasn't reading Spider-Man at this time, so I mm. never encountered his work at all. And uh, but I really enjoyed his art. I thought it was good yeah. stuff. He's a classic yeah. artist. Yep. Yeah. That's my big takeaway. The story. Uh, the story. You know, I thought it was solid. Um, I'm not a big fan of Peter David. I think we've established that in the past. <laughs> in, uh, oh elsewhere. yeah, the one Hulk comic you read. That's right. Okay. Well, I read a few others. Okay. 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 But uh, <laughs> yeah, this was fine. Um, it seemed like MJ was going to do porn though. Did you see that? Did you pick up on that? Uh, yeah. Yes. A more yes. <laughs> it seemed like uh, her buddy there, the other model, she's like, hey, I do some revealing photo shoots. And MJ's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. So mm -hmm. that's something. We'll yeah, see what happens, about. right? For $5,000, I'd do it too. And this uh, <laughs> Betty, this what's her name? Betty Brandt? Is that her name? Yeah, it is Betty Brandt. But I think at this time, she's married to Ned Leeds. So, so it's Betty Brandt Leeds Betty, Betty Leeds? Yeah, Betty Leeds, I believe. Yeah. Okay, now I, I believe the last... I believe yeah, the last time I was on this show, we were doing a story about Flash Thompson smacking her around. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, different woman, but yeah. Oh, it's a different... That wasn't no, Betty? I thought wasn't that was this... Betty. Oh, no, no. no he smacked it's around. It's Shashan. Shashan. D did he? Okay. I thought he smacked His her, own too. Because okay. he's cheating yeah. on Shashan with Betty, who's cheating okay. on oh. Ned with Flash. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> all right. Thank you for straightening that back. Yeah. yeah so he, he thought that Shoshan was cheating on him when she wasn't. So he got upset and hit her. When in reality, right. he's the one that's cheating on her. All right. So. But this, and now this Betty's mixed up in a love cult. Yeah. Yo. Man. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, it seems that Spidey Comics at the time did not know how to write um, women without making them just uh, crazy, I guess, uh, is the best word. Like, they, they, a lot of the times in these Spidey Comics, they they don't have like good character arcs they kind of write them into a corner where well i guess we can explain this away by saying it's woman's crazy am i right and it really kind of blows like it's also especially so weird because this cult is full of just dudes and yeah, that is a little weird. she's yeah. the only woman there like it just doesn't make sense that it's her i, I don't know like the other thing that I was a little confused about is he's all nervous about her, Betty, recognizing him as Peter Parker. So what does he do? He, he stays there as Peter Parker. You know, like, <laughs> you, you probably recognize him walking around there. Hey, look, there's Peter well, Parker. No, but they've already been in this in the previous issue together. Oh. Oh, yeah. okay. That makes yeah. sense then. Yeah. Really? They, cause yeah. Why did he get in a disguise then at all? You know what I'm saying? Well, why did he disguise himself as Spider-Man? No, like no. he was Spider-Man. He lost his mask. Then he went into that little uh, uh, closet or whatever and got like a little outfit mm-hmm. and he put yeah, on. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that he was like pretending to be in the cult. But I, I'm trying to remember what happened last issue. He definitely showed up and tracked Betty down to this cult. Yeah, but I then think. he trans. He like changes into a cult person outfit but it's just his regular peter parker face and betty yeah. is right next to him the whole time <laughs> it's it yeah. makes no sense <laughs> all right all right whatever oh uh, so anyway hey uh jolie what do you think about this what do i think <laughs> about it. this book <laughs> yeah I'll throw it to you. i thought uh oh no no i did like it because it was like more along the lines of the uh like the murder podcast i listen to and like the true <laughs> crime stuff so like i kind of i kind of like dig What's happening? I feel like it's a little... Now that he's, like, infiltrated the cult, he's doing, like, a pretty terrible job of doing that. <laughs> like, you remember that uh, that movie where Hermione Granger plays the wife of a man who's, like, been indoctrinated into a cult and she, like, has to sneak in? Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she she did like a pretty good job of it, it it illustrates like what you would what you would have to do sort of if you to go undercover. I, I think that movie did like a really good job, especially. Yeah, hmm. this is. I'm comparing it now to something that no one else has seen. I also yeah. have severe brain fog currently, <laughs> um, so I'm trying to talk myself out of this brain fog, and it's kind of like just kind of, kind of. You're, you're probably indoctrinated to a love cult. Oh, you don't yeah. Realize well, it. also, do you know what the the one thing I will say though is that um we get to see that now that Peter's in there, we see that Betty's actually happy, and like she has not been happy since Ned died, and even yeah. then, she wasn't really that happy when she was cheating on him either. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of people think that they're happy when they first get Join involved cult. in cults. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I also want to point out one quick fact. I looked at the last issue, and Peter never actually makes an appearance. It's just Spider-Man. Yeah. So technically, yeah, Betty has not seen him yet. 
has not seen I mean, Peter. Yeah, but that's because of her piss poor peripheral vision because he's right fucking extra. <laughs> yeah, he's right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, and, uh, and, uh, Spider Man, Spider Man has said his name to that's her. So he's obviously said, he's obviously said, hey, your friends are looking for you. Mm hmm. <laughs> How do you not recognize one of your best friend's voices? Good point. Well, but then you could apply that to the entire history of Spider-Man and Superman and Batman, but we're not going to go that far. So. Well, yeah. you can't... Obviously, Batman alters his voice into a low growl or whisper. <laughs> Conceived as by Michael is, Keaton, but anyway, yes. Uh, as is consistent with the time of day or night. He is also standing right in front of Betty in the actual, like, presentation in the healing presentation they're standing next to each other <laughs> it looks like she is leaning on his shoulder in one of the panels uh yeah the, let's just the less said about that it, the better right yeah she's brainwashed it, she doesn't she doesn't remember yeah, yeah, yeah she's brainwashed there you go i mean he, he could have just introduced like hey what's up i didn't realize you were part of this cult <laughs> or something you know if you're trying to get information about your friend being in a cult and you're going to pretend to be in the cult. Might as well just flat out come out and be like, hey, I'm in the cult too. Yeah, especially now that he's been indoctrinated. Mm. Or like he can pretend now that he's been indoctrinated. Right. Or even before the miracle he could have pretended. Whatever. Yeah. All right, so wait, we haven't heard from Bex Luthor yet. No. Hi, I'm here. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you know, what what of it? Um, I didn't mind this one. It's probably the least offensive one of the bunch. Um, Which defensive one? I, I, Mary Jane being sad that Peter's not there and worried about her is getting old. Um, I'm tired of her just pining for him. Like, you're married already. Like, go, go do your own thing. Hmm. Um, I think this, like, back and forth where we keep, like, Going back to her and her friend, just kind of like, at least the the cutting back to Ben Eric, it like makes sense in the plot of it. But again, it's just like, oh, Mary Jane's friend is snooping around her shit. I guess. Yeah, I I thought that maybe she is part of the cult and is trying to get MJ involved. Her hair is too yeah. long. They cut all your hair off in the cult. Oh, uh, maybe yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure maybe where that's gonna go. Like... I can't remember. Allison Mack, top level recruiter. <laughs> yeah, she's just trying to get Mary Jane to do porn. She's not trying to get Mary Jane into a cult. Right. Well, it is a love cult. So, I don't Maybe that's See how, how they fund it. <laughs> yeah, when not I, enough yeah. of their members, when not enough of their members have, uh, like, don't have the funds or, like, the assets to liquidate to continue to fund the cult. <laughs> They get the pretty ones to grow their <laughs> hair out and recruit. They create hey, oh, so like um, hey MJ, how would you like to be your own boss? What's what was that called? What was it? What was it called? It's called flirty fishing, right? I think that's what it was called for like that that weird sex cult where they would send the send the the prettiest of the women in the cult to go recruit men by having sex with them. Oh, cool! Hey now, yeah, that's a real thing. Um, cults are wild. Also, like, yeah. this is very obviously a um, reference to a lot of different cult leaders, but the, the, um, what was it? Uh, Jonestown guy, whatever his name was. Mm. He, would, he would, 
he would fake miracles too, right? He would. Oh yeah, people, they all do. Jim they Jones. All do, but Jim, Jim Jones. is Waco, Texas. Mm. They fake <laughs> healings in like you know churches in Windsor, but not probably not to this extent. But yeah. Yeah, Becca used I mean, to they, go to that church. Don't mention my name in that church in the same sentence. <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> That's a scary ass place. Yeah. Um, not by choice. Shout out to the WFCU. <laughs> or no, Windsor Christian Fellowship. The other yeah, one. The other acronym. Not not the not the Windsor Credit Union. No. Christian This cult goes deep. It's got OHL links. Yeah. That's a, o- Ontario Hockey League for Mike Dell. I know that one. Yeah, I love this very yeah. specific local hockey cult Reference. that we've built. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mike, that's tell why it. they. Go ahead, Jolie. <laughs> so that's why they shut down Jackrabbit Slims because that's where all the flirty fishing happened. Huh? It all Is makes a... sense now. Yes. It's our Windsor conspiracy theory. Um, Mike <laughs> Dell, have you ever heard of the Windsor Spitfires? Yes, I have. Oh, there you go. There's our hockey team. Yeah. I'm aware. I mean, a, a lot of NHL players have come from the Spitfires. That's true, including Eddie Jovanovsky. Well, I was going to say, the whole cult is revolving around Taylor Hall, right? It's got to. <laughs> Taylor Hall. This is the part of the podcast where we talk about local hockey teams. Yes. I can talk hockey if you want. Exactly. See, this is a perfect I mean, podcast yeah. for Mike to be on. <laughs> Not today. You have a hockey <laughs> podcast. I can't imagine how you could keep up. Uh, well, this... we haven't talked hockey on that show in like ten years. Yeah, but, that's um... why I'm on it. <laughs> it started out it started out as a hockey podcast. It's still named, uh, you know, mm-hmm. hockey podcast, but we rarely talk hockey on it. So. I love it. A lot of people are like, "What what podcast are you guest guesting on tonight?" <laughs> Let me know and I'll listen. I was like, "Well, it's called the LCS Hockey Radio Show." <laughs> like, it's it's only about... on AM radio. Yeah, never talk it's hockey. hockey? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm actually talking about Big Brother and Riverdale tonight. <laughs> well, it's like, how often do I really talk about Spider-Man on this podcast? That's true. Sure, like half the runtime, maybe, maybe less. But yeah, back so, to the Spider-Man. Yeah, so none of you guys know who this girl is, her her friend. Like, uh, she's not an established character. No. No, this no. is her first introduction. She just is here now, I guess. Um, so she's 100% part of the cult. Um, I want to mention a couple things about the writing because um, we talked about the art. I'm sure I think we all love the art. Although Keith Williams' inks are not perfect for Alex Saviak, I think his pencils are great. But um, there was also just like last issue, there was a, a quite a few silent panels that I really liked. Mm. Like you remember when Ben Urich is kind of interrogating that woman, and he hits a little too close to home, and she kind of gives him that look. And she's like, uh, yeah, actually, uh, I'm going to leave. Remember that part? Yeah. Lo- she's in the cult, too. Yeah, exactly. I love stuff like that. And there's also the silent panels when uh, Mary Jane is at that woman's house. Or, sorry, no, she's at her she's house. At, yeah. yeah, there's just some really good storytelling here. I really like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you get one good, one really great art Easter egg. Liebman's is the name of the real estate agency. What is it? Liebman's. Isn't What's that Stan Lee's real last name? Lee, Lieber. Uh, no, Lieberman. it's Lieber. Lieber. Stan okay, Lieber. Well, yeah. close enough I, then. I had the same thought, though, at first, Julie. I was like, is that Lieber? And then I was like, oh, no, that's not. Yeah, that's what I get for not looking <gasps> it up. <laughs> also, yeah, I got to say, I love the ending the way that 
what's happening is being narrated in in real time like i just love that little device when, yeah, uh, when movies or or shows do that yeah yeah that that's definitely the best part of this issue in in my opinion is yeah the unfolding of what's happening while we're getting the information it's so much better than uh if it were just a conversation happening 100%. in like the the priest office and it was just like he had to like say it or or they showed it in like flashbacks it's yep. so much better to like have it experienced through the lens of our main character yes good point really, really good. agreed i thought it was really well done but then it's undermined at the end by the painful realization that oh my god peter parker's an idiot well maybe we'll find out that there's something else to it but <laughs> i already well, knew that so but i think yeah. it's a, i think it's great that you have your lead character falling for this cult. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I but, also think too, like a lot of these cliffhangers, they aren't actually like, I bet you by the, the third page, third page is you'd be like, no, it can't be real. You know what right. I mean? Like a, it's or, just a cliffhanger for cliffhanger. Or what if like sake. the, the, uh, the splash page of the next issue is Peter, his eyes real big like that. And he goes, Oh my God, I left the oven on. That's what he's <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> He gets all the way home. He's like, wait, I don't cook. What am I doing? <laughs> Just a bunch of uncles telling dad jokes in here. <laughs> anyway. Is that not what we're supposed to do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, uh, okay, so yeah. Do, do we, uh, I don't know. So everyone like this one? Yeah, yeah we don't do ratings. Yeah. We do recommendations. Yeah. So I definitely recommend this book. In fact, the scene at the end of the healing is one of those ones where I don't know if you've ever done this where something sticks in your head for your whole life and you can't remember where did I read it in a book, did I see it in a movie, and then I, when, mm. when I was reading, I was like, oh, yeah, it's from this issue of Web of Spider-Man. So this is definitely, I definitely recommend this book. Uh, Josh, what about you? Yeah, I think the beginning is a little dense. I hope that the overall story, like all four parts, I believe, of the Yeah, cult, four. L- the, yeah. I hope, I hope it's good. I definitely recommend this one. I enjoyed it, especially in the latter half of the issue. Um, even if you want to, like, skim through the beginning and just read the end, it's, yeah, it's a recommend. Okay. G.I. Jolie? Yep. It's a recommend for me, too, especially if you're reading this one and not the one that came before it. I recommend that you go back mm-hmm. and read the one before it, too, and then continue on. <laughs> I All feel right. like this is going to be a good four-parter. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bex Luthor. Yeah, at least it's it's captivating my interest. Yeah, I'll recommend it. It's it's a story that I care about, about a character that really has been getting pushed to the side. Obviously, she's still getting pushed to the side, but at least like maybe something's happening. So, right. Sure. Okay. Can't wait. Can't wait to see how they save her from the cult. <laughs> uh, Mike Dell. Yeah, I, I'll recommend it as well. Just uh, the art alone, I really enjoyed. <clears throat> but Michael, this uh, faith healing stuff they're doing with the belly and ripping, that's pretty common. And uh, it's been featured in a lot of stuff. So did you ever see the movie Man on the Moon about Andy Kaufman? Yes. Well, that's in there as well. Maybe oh, really? That. I yeah. don't remember that. Okay. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch that. So, uh, All right. Hmm. So now we are going to jump to The Amazing Spider-Man 303 by David Michelinie. And Todd McFarlane and Bex Luthor, are you going to tell us what this one is? Oh, wait, before you jump in, Bex, I got to ask Mike Dell, do you see what that title is on the Splash page? I did page? see it, Mike Dell. Yep. Uh, because I love Doc Savage. Yes. I'm just going to put it out there. Yep, very I, cool. I listen to Doc Savage audiobooks every day of my life. I love Doc <laughs> Savage. <laughs> All right, and Bex so, Luthor. 
We'll talk I Doc Savage later. The reference. Doc oh, Savage. you don't know Doc Savage? He's like the first superhero ever in the 1930s in the Pulp Fiction and whatnot. He is that the Scarlet Pimpernel? Uh, well, no. Classic superhero kind of thing. Uh, like uh, Superman stole pretty much everything from Doc Savage. Not a few pretty things. Pretty much, his, his name pretty is much Clark, <laughs> Clark Savage Jr. So that's where you get Clark Kent. And mm-hmm. then he also has a... Well, the, au- fort- the author is Lester Dent. So Lester Clark Dent. Savage, that's how they combine that to get Clark Kent. Man of Steel, Doc Savage is the man of bronze. Man of bronze. And then <laughs> the he whole, also has uh, a fortress of solitude. Yes, he, he literally had a fortress of solitude up in the uh, Arctic where he went to do experiments. And Superman just said, hey, you know what? I like that. I'm just going to steal that, too. Give but me that. Everything hey, me else too. is that... different. Yeah. Everything else is different. Huh. But yeah, he's That's a proto-superhero, we'll call it, okay? Yeah. Proto. Without Doc Savage, you're not here today doing this uh, lovely podcast there, Bex. There so, you go. Uh, yeah. Or the Scarlet I... Pimpernel. <laughs> I really enjoyed just the fact that you guys both finished each other's nerd sentences just there. And competed that was pretty about beautiful. Who knew more about com- Doc Savage? It was just... It was a beautiful nerd off, but it was like a synchronized dance as well. Right, you were yeah. dancing between the words amongst each other, and God, uh, was it awful! To be I think of. there's memes created. I, I think there's memes created about that. Where, where you know those memes where like a guy's explaining something to a girl and like cornering her, like that was us right now. But anyway, let's do a uh, here comes the Doc Savage podcast. Yeah, there I you mean, go. To be fair, I Savage said cast. I don't know what this is, and then did expect you to explain it to me. I could do two more hours on Doc Savage if you want. Let's go. Doc Savage. Just play the tapes. (laughs) Doc Savage in uh, Canadian Junior Hockey. That'll be the next Uh podcast idea. Uh Get all the viewers. Because that's like a whole other ball game outside of the OHL. Yeah. Anyway. Keep doing it. All right. I'm sorry, Bex. Go ahead. uh, Tell us about this Spider-Man. Uh, no, I'm more interested in learning about junior hockey. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, I was going to say, I find it interesting that we invited Mike Dell on this week when it's all, like, part twos of things. Yeah, that's right. All of them mm. are, like, uh, part two of something. So that's fun. Um, what can you do? I take yeah, what I can the, get. You know, whenever Mike Dell invites me to the cool kids' table, I just show up. Where would that be? <clears throat> Not here. Um, well, Jolie is here, but and Josh. But besides what that, what the hell is happening anyway? <laughs> Look, I have had too much soda. <laughs> too many bubbles. So, okay. Too Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. So we start off with um, Peter Parker on top of the Chrysler Building, as he does, just hanging on the spike. Um, and he's basically recapping what's been going on in the last little bit of Spider-Man. Always appreciate a nice little recap from Mr. Parker. He, um, in the last, the last bit of the stories, we, he's been offered a job in Kansas as a scientist. And so him and Mary Jane were talking of moving there where Mary Jane obviously does not want to move to Kansas because she has a prolific modeling career in New York city and she is a city girl. Um, so Peter goes home and he shows up and his wife has fallen asleep on the couch in front of the TV on in just the most wedding dress of lingerie I think I've ever seen before. (laughs) Um, I just want to point out that girls don't fall asleep in corsets on the couch casually. <laughs> I couldn't imagine a less comfortable item of clothing to fall asleep in. Um, but she's she's ready to wake up. He wakes her up. Who knows what time it is? She's ready to wake up, and she's like talking about how she understands, and he's got a tough decision to make. And then they go 
and pres it's presumably have sex in the bedroom because they're married and they could do that. Um, we cut over to a training session with Sandman, where Silver Sable is is testing Sandman's strength, and some very fun panels of him using his sand abilities. Uh, because they're going Nazi hunting, which is just oodles of fun. Um, back over, Peter shows up for work the next morning at the Bugle, and Silver Sable has paid a lot of money to have an advertisement in the Bugle, asking Spider-Man if he would like a paid gig. And before <laughs> it even goes into print, Spider Peter sees it. So, like, what a waste of money. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. And back over to Mary Jane in just the most 80s dress you've ever seen. Um, at mm -hmm. a photo shoot, and the photographer's like, you know, you're not really in it 100% today. And instead of telling him to F off, she's like, yeah, I got a lot on my mind. Because she doesn't want to move to Kansas. <laughs> um, back at Silver Sable's, um, the, the, what is it, Simkarian Embassy? Uh, mm -hmm. Peter shows up, but he's in the waiting room this time instead of just busting through the window. And Silver's like, I need your help in tracking down this Nazi. I need you to go infiltrate this building and tell me what's going on in there. And he's like, that's it? And she's like, yep, because I'm gonna actually have Sandman do all the punching. And he's like, whoa, Sandman! Even though he has not seen Sandman in... When was the last time we saw Sandman? I can't remember, but it's been a while. It's been a little while ago. Yeah, a little while. And he hasn't been a bad guy for a while either, so... Mm. Well, he was oh. living... He was roommates. He was renting a room from someone, wasn't he? A family. Remember that? Right. Right, mm -hmm. Josh? I forget what that story yeah. is about, but Sandman yeah. was there. Wait, the same he, was, also he was Fonzie. He was Electro. boarding with a family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying so to is this why... I, oh, I'm hmm. sorry. Is this why Sandman's going by the name Mr. Baker? Instead of Flint Marco? Yeah, it's uh, his, like, uh, um, alter ego name, because he has, like, a regular apartment, and everyone okay. just calls him that now. I mm. never knew that. <laughs> I never knew that. I was very confused when they were calling him Baker. I was like, what the hell? All right, but anyway. Yeah, I don't think they explained it last issue, but I'm assuming just because people people know who Flint Marco is at this point, right? Mm -hmm. So okay. they all go to the docks because everything happens at the docks, and Peter infiltrates this building full of Nazis, and he's like, he's like, oh, gotta punch this guy, I guess. And then he's 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 sneaking around. Yeah, he's he's trying to make no noise, but he desperately like punches a guy who who tries to shoot his gun. So there's some noise being made, but whatever. And then he's snooping around and he's listening to these Nazis talking about what they're gonna do, and um, <laughs> they're gonna make the biggest drug run and the biggest drug deal in all of history, so that they then can get money to buy land to make a Nazi supremacy land. <laughs> yeah, Which, within the United uh, States, right? Like within planning the United to, States, yeah. yeah. They're gonna buy enough land from their with their drug money. No, no, it's I think it's Central America. He says. Oh, Central America. Okay. I was gonna say, are they not happy um, with Clearwater, Florida? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't. Sorry. So anyway, yeah, it's like you're already doing something illegal, but whatever. We pan back over to Mary Jane, and she's um, upset from her, her modeling day job, and she's like, I gotta figure out my own my own shit now, um, and it's implied that she's thinking of just running away because she doesn't want to move to Kansas, and she can't tell Peter that. Back at the, um, the docks with the Nazis, Peter tells Silver Sable and Sandman what's going on in there, and how there's just so much cocaine in there, you guys. <laughs> um, and then she's like, cool, got it, thanks. And then they go to, to, to break in and, and go punch some Nazis, and Peter's like, well, I can't just let them do it by themselves, they're gonna get hurt. They do not get hurt, spoiler alert. Um, so 
Sandman starts just sanding up some tanks. Um, Peter's dodging bullets and thinking about Mary Jane some more. Um, Silver Sable's doing some some judo moves, and she 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 busts into the main Nazi guy's hideout room and shoves a gun to his head. And she's like, "Don't make me do it," but she doesn't do it. So they just like arrest them because the security guard from the previous comic book, the guy who ran, there was like a building that they paid Silver Sable to infiltrate to test the security on, but then this Nazi guy tried to kill her. So this guy is paying her to get the Nazi guy and, and arrest him. Um, and then Spider-Man gets paid in cash because he, he makes a fun joke about not being able to cash checks. Shows up at his apartment and Mary Jane's got all her stuff packed and he's like, oh my god, where are you going? She's like, to Kansas with you. And Peter's like, no, stupid, we're not going to Kansas. I'm going back to school to get a better job here. And she's like, when did you decide that? And he's like, just now. <laughs> yeah. And then a bunch of shady guys are looking at pictures of Spider-Man. And they're like, who's this Peter Parker fellow taking these pictures? We'll find out next week, I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, a I... good, what a good comic full of really important stuff. Uh, it. I think I would have really liked this comic if it wasn't for the flimsy reason Spider-Man is even here in the first place. Mm. So let me get this straight. Silver Sable hires Spider-Man because they need somebody sneaky to sneak into the Nazi facility to figure out what the Nazis are doing. And it turns out the Nazis are doing Nazi shit. So they bust down the doors and they just capture them what was what what was he hired to do yeah good <laughs> like yep they're nazis <laughs> like he, the information he got was pointless they could have just the three of them barged in together and then took all the information that's obviously there in the files and all that shit and then arrest the nazis like it just doesn't make sense that he's like hired for this job like they could have done anything like we need Spider-Man to sneak in to uh, like turn off the surveillance because there's no way that we're going to be able to right. just barge in or, you know, something like any sort of excuse. It's just super weird that the second they find out that, yeah, the Nazis are doing bad things. They're like, OK, well, I guess we'll just barge in and blow everything up. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Um, also, to answer your uh, question becca um they are uh it is actually around eleven thirty-five when uh peter gets home and she's fallen asleep on the couch yeah because letterman just got uh well, just uh, just turned on 12, and twelve thirty-five because this was back when he was true twelve thirty-five. you're right oh this interesting i okay i i looked it up and it said from 1988 to 1992 aired from 1135 to 1235 really but i could be wrong no no he didn't go to cbs until 92 ish or 93 yeah. so oh, okay. at this point yeah he would have been 12 at 1235 or 1230 okay. whatever so it's 1230 yeah. so she made it to midnight um, and then fell asleep <laughs> she's the party girl <laughs> that's true can we Can't talk yeah can we talk about this David Letterman line, though? Yeah, that is not... I don't know if Michelinie ever watched Letterman, but that is not a Letterman joke at so, all. So, 
It was terrible. Did yeah, he? So, Ronald Reagan in this Captain America issue, it was a double sized issue of Captain I, America. Yes, that I used to own. Yes. And. A bunch of the snake villains got, they've got their own like snake evil team and they have like a snake spaceship and they flew around turning everybody into snake people and they busted into the White House and they turned Ronald Reagan into a snake and Captain America had to wrestle him. Yeah. <laughs> the Serpent okay. Society. Come on. Just so y'all know what, just, uh, just so you know what's going on. Cause I was like, <clears throat> what's an ASP? Oh, that's so I was like, I got to figure out what, what that is. Never heard of an ass. It's an ass. An asp. asp. What is it? No, what is that? A it's a snake. It's a snake. Oh, oh, okay. Anyways, asp. yeah. That's, yeah but... This sounds way more fun than the thing we just read. <laughs> well, yeah. The cover of that comic is Captain America fighting definitely the president as a snake man. Yes, yeah. it's pretty cool. <laughs> I forgot um, that snakes or asps were a breed of snake, and I too thought it was maybe an initialism. For something cooler, so I googled it <laughs> oh, and wow. scared the crap out of myself late at mm. night. <laughs> because yeah, it, it, I think yeah, it's like in caps and yeah. like bolded asp. So mm -hmm. I thought it was ASP, and I thought it was like a like a life model pop. decoy or something, and like an LMD. Right. Like I thought it was like something else, some other made up BS for Marvel. So I was like, <laughs> oh, I wonder what that is. So I looked it up. I'm like, I was not expecting that. But for those who haven't read the book, here's the joke that they attribute to David Letterman. So what is it with this Reagan guy, huh? I mean, did he really make an asp of himself or what? That, yeah. is, not how, that is not how Letterman talks. It's a, not only is it a terrible joke, but it's... it's Jay the, Leno they, joke at best. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, it's a definitely a Leno joke. It is not a Letterman joke. But they have, a, they have one of those little captions at the bottom. For the tale behind this punchline, see Captain America number 344. Just makes it even worse, you know? Yeah. Terrible. But uh, here's the thing. David Michelinie, if you guys remember, he wrote the Iron Man we did last week. Mm. And I love David Michelinie, but it's funny because when I was reading these as a kid, Amazing was my favorite because it was drawn by Todd McFarlane. But in contrast to the other two books, this is the weakest, uh, like story-wise, the weakest of the bunch, I think, this week. Yeah, Spidey doesn't even need to be in this comic. He doesn't need to be in the like heist of mm -hmm. sable and sandman like you need somebody to be sneaky to sneak into a building and you didn't turn you didn't turn to the guy that is literally sand don't you think that <laughs> right. he could sneak into that's a, a building easier than spider-man like that is a that is a good point yeah, he's <laughs> you know he just... he, he could go anywhere anyways it's just yeah it's it's weird that he's even here and it's weird that she would like put out an ad in the bugle for spider-man again for this like it just doesn't it's like not that big of a deal what they need spider-man for it's not this like crazy thing that's going to end the world or anything like it's just so it just seems like such a weird hook for this story uh, yeah, it, just doesn't make, it, it could be it could be anything to bring him in I also um, thought the whole Kansas plot, the subplot about he's moving to Kansas, that's all preposterous, too. Like, Spider-Man can't live in Kansas, you know? So he's yeah, just going to give up yeah. being Spider-Man? Well, it's just a way to test their marriage. They've only been married, like, a few months, and it, it makes you think, oh, maybe they'll split up. You know, that's all it's there for, so. Yeah, but it, yeah I, I think it's more of an excuse to get him to go back to university. Mm -hmm. I, think, yeah. I think that's what that whole, like, that's where it ends, but I think that 
the reason why they came up with that plot was for the ending to be like, oh, guess what? He's back in school. You guys like Peter when he's in university, right? Uh-huh. And I think that's kind of the, the deal. So it doesn't – I don't think it makes for a great story, but at least – I at least like MJ and Peter being on, like, the same team and doing stuff – with and for each other and they're sure. not like arguing mj isn't like oh what am i gonna do you know what i mean like she's like genuinely weighing her options like she's mm-hmm. not making the decision solely on peter but she's kind of like figuring out what's going to be best for the both of them and so is peter so and i definitely like mj better in this issue than i um do in spectacular <laughs> Okay. Uh, Mike Dell, what's your take on uh, this issue? Uh, I did not enjoy it too much. Um, I will give the Nazis credit for uh, at least dressing like Nazis. That makes it easy for everybody around them, you know, when they're wearing the Nazi uniforms. It's like, hey, there's a Nazi right there. There's a guy. Uh, they could have just been wearing suits or something. That would have been tricky. Instead, they're wearing actual Nazi uniform. The 1940s. Mm, good point. So that's nice. Um, I also, uh, Michael, you mentioned Todd McFarlane and how you liked it when you were a kid. When I was a kid, I loved Todd McFarlane drawing on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't start reading Spider-Man until maybe, like, uh, a little bit after this. This is 303. Sure. So maybe, like, 310-ish or so I've started. Yeah, me uh, too. But, uh, wow, looking at it now, I can't stand this art. <laughs> I just hate it so much. We have some healthy debates about Todd McFarlane Oh, my God, is it bad? Mm-hmm. Like, like, drawing Spider-Man, he's great. Because uh, when I was a kid, I loved the energy he brought to Spider-Man, the big eyes, the poses, the crazy webbing and everything. But man, anything else that he has to draw is not pleasant to look at. Um, I don't know. Just do not like it. Well, <laughs> it's like there's lots of great like experimental storytelling we talk about. Like on page, like for example, okay, page one, great splash page, gigantic moon, right? You mm-hmm. flip through, all these shots of him swinging are great. And then we get to Mary Jane on the couch. So we get some kind of cheesecake. We get the giant close-up of her eye, right? That's something that not a typical, art, typical artist would do. But look at the two panels on either side of them. Peter Parker's anatomy is garbage. Yeah. The like faces Mary- are always... Yeah, sloppy and rushed. And then you get like a big money shot of Mary Jane on the next page, which is good. But again, then the page after that, Sandman uh, with that spider. It's just, it's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like that. Go ahead, Josh. I've said it before on the podcast. I don't mind the anatomy problems because Mm. it's just so, so interesting to look at. And the storytelling through the panels is so fun and what's happening is really good. So I don't care that a lot of the times the art doesn't look the best because it's, to me, more interesting to look at than any of the other issues Here's the, because the of other, how the story's told. Right. The other problem is sometimes it does look rushed. And unfortunately, I be, believe next issue, he's going to start doing three or sorry, two issues a month for three months in a row. Mm. so there's going to be yeah so it's going to be even more rushed so we'll see how that goes mm-hmm. like even the but, cover uh, I, I thought the cover was kind of weak as well uh, the design of it i don't know mm. yeah it's not great i no. agree like why isn't so, uh sandman's hand over top of spider-man like uh like it should be like about to grab him like the, the fingertip yeah. should be in front of the webbing you know and yeah i don't know and just his body it should be angled i don't know i don't, didn't like the cover didn't like the art not a fan Okay. Well, also look at look at Spider Man's hand on the cover. That's terrible. His the left hand leg that's coming as well as yeah, way too long. Yeah, it's need a hip. It's, it's rushed. Yeah. Uh, GI Julie, what'd you think of this issue? 
It's an issue of a comic. <laughs> that I read. It was yep. Pretty... So not great? I definitely... I can't even say that I read... Well, I definitely read this. Um, when I saw Silver Sable on the cover, I was like, oh no... Was she like a regular at this period in Spider-Man? Yes. Yeah. A couple regular annoyance. Yeah. Okay, Uh because I don't have much of a history. It's Silver Sable. No. Well, she's always like paying money for someone to do something, and it's always kind of like getting in the way. And I, I can't ever tell if she's good or she's bad. Or this time, she's like, she just needs him for something. Um, and it turns out that like she didn't really need him, and that giant edit, like the giant advertisement she took out on the front page <laughs> above the fold of the net, like the newspaper, like that would have cost a lot, and you didn't actually need him. Ugh, God. Good point. Like, I, j- I don't, I don't know, I don't get it. And then there was, oh no, it was a joke from the other issue. Lorraine made it about. Uh, sorry, Mary Jane made a, a petty joke about Lorraine being embarrassing. Like, my husband would never accidentally crawl into bed with you. I thought it was oh, this yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I was like, was oh, wait a second. It was the other one. That was actually funny. Okay, so nothing like that happened here. Strike against it. Um, <laughs> uh, it's always fun when the Nazis come out to play, I guess, but like. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no it's it's that's really flimsy. <laughs> yeah, it, it reminded me. Anybody watch the Blues Brothers? Do you remember the old the Illinois mm-hmm. Nazis from the Blues Brothers? That's a guy. Mm-hmm. These guys remind yeah. me. I don't remember it, but I mean, yeah, yeah I love it. Mm-hmm. It's just so, this, this issue was just so strange. Yeah, uh-huh. Julie, how do you feel about the McFarland here? Oh, I don't mind McFarland either. And uh, at first, I had the same feelings. Um, um, and then Josh started pointing out things about the art, about the storytelling that made it very interesting visually to, to look at. And every time I read or see McFarlane, now I think about those things, um, where I didn't before. And I hastily judged, (laughs) not to say that you guys are hastily judging, but yeah, he has nice energy and stuff, but man, just the figures, I just can't take it. Yeah, it's it's totally fair. Like I I, mm-hmm. I definitely see the problem with his art. I'm not saying that they're you know, he's not without fault, but mm-hmm. for me I I just like I don't know, I love the storytelling, so I kind of just like don't pay any mind to some of the anatomy problems because of how mm-hmm. fun it is to read. Yeah. And, and like for example, did he ink this or did someone else ink this? I forgot inked to it. look. He Did he Todd McFarland inked it? Yeah, he mm. did. Okay, so uh, the anatomy of Peter Parker that Mike had mentioned earlier, it wouldn't be so terrible if it wasn't inked the way it was because the mm-hmm. poor anatomy is created by the ink shadows. Okay, that's one strike. Uh, if you're going to ink yourself. Second strike. Speaking of Nazis, Nazi uniforms, I guess, neo-Nazis only dress in leather. It's so weird <laughs> how you can have, like ink replicate or or you can use ink in a way that makes it look or suggest things like pleather or leather or you know different kinds of material Uh because the way that they use the ink makes it look like they're all wearing pleather Uh Mm -hmm. so these are like what nazi daddies (laughs) that's definitely a thing so probably Yeah, yeah so it's like in order to bring this into like 
no, I'm not even going to argue for that. Um, <laughs> it's like, in order to bring this into a realm that holds up today and you don't confuse them with Nazi daddies, no, no, no. It just, it, like, you know what I mean? The, there's, like, just little tiny things that um, would make it better, but that it's just almost like nitpicking. So it's like, mm. whatever. Let's just say the story is terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not uh, I don't think it's terrible. I think it's just weak. It's just cookie cutter mm-hmm. filler boring i don't know yeah to and to, to me that's terrible though it, well that is boring. I, don't, I don't hate it i don't hate it terrible. it's just boring but there anyway are some things in this that i absolutely adore though okay um i love mary jane i love the fact that she's like do i love my husband more than my job She's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I do. And that's like a decision that she has to make. And that's like, yeah, that's like her. Basically, at this point in her life, those are her two big things is her husband and her job. So like the fact that she is ready, she makes the decision like, you know what? In order to make my marriage work, I'm going to sacrifice the thing that I love almost the most for the thing that I love the most. I think that is very um, character developing of her, of the, the party girl who, but she's like, and not settled down, but I, I just enjoyed that aspect of her maturity growing. Um, and then, as far as the art goes, there are some things that I actually really, really liked. And they're very, very little things. When you look at the... McFarland, I've noticed in the past couple issues we've been reading, if you look at the whole page, you're like, wow, this looks kind of awkward, or the anatomy's weird, whatever. But then if you focus on the little details, there's all these little teeny tiny, like little little bits of candy that I'm right. a big fan of. Um, there's when Peter shows up to the apartment with Mary Jane and yeah, there's that like big like money shot of her like when her sexy outfit, but Peter's hands are super nervously pulling at her drawstrings. And I think that's the spiciest thing that's happened in a comic, in a Spider-Man comic <laughs> book in a long time. I was like, that, that is, that is pure spice on an artistic level that I very much enjoy. Um, and you could tell he's fiddling with it because he's, he's da- in the in the depth of his soul, he's a huge fucking nerd. And Mary Jane is the hottest thing he's ever seen. <laughs> and he's married um, to her. And yeah, he, he can fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I love that. I thought that was such a very pinnacle little detail. Um, the next thing that I love more than anything, and it's for a very different reason, is how many times Sandman is drawn in full sand form, but just his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, was <laughs> that brought me so much joy every time I saw it. I think it's literally like a couple pages mm-hmm. after the Mary oh, Jane mm-hmm. one, where it's just, right. he's like rocket shipping up, but it's just yeah. his head in a bunch of sand. Oh, yeah, I, good I, point. I, Seeing, so funny. Seeing him in this comic, how have they not cast John Cena to play this character yet? This is literally John Cena. Like every single time he's drawn in this comic, it's just a picture of John Cena. I don't know. I think what's the guy's name that got him to that played him in Spider-Man Three? Almost he was Church. Yeah, he's perfect. good. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Sorry. And then the other little teeny tiny thing that I really, really, really liked was when. Um, Peter goes to Silver Sable's house and he's like crouched, spider crouched on the yes. glass table reading a newspaper. That's funny. Um, it's also, I got to point out, that's also Spider-Man would never just stand there. Spider-Man would crouch like that. And that's an mm-hmm. important thing that like an artist like McFarlane would think of, I think. And that's great. I yeah, love like, it. 
they show the empty waiting chair next to the yep. table and he's just sitting all crouched on the table and i was like i love that peter you're such a fucking weirdo yeah um i love that and i think he's like he like hands it up yeah for, for this kind of stuff he knows he's been a scuttly little bastard uh-huh. um so it was just like those little bits of things that I really enjoyed. I also enjoyed the fact that we had to make Nazis more evil by having them peddle drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not just Nazis. They've got cocaine. <laughs> so yeah, I think the whole thing with Silver Sable is pretty pointless, um, but I like the stuff with Mary Jane a lot, and I like the art a lot, and I had a fun time reading it, so. Mm-hmm. But the plot was pointless, yeah. which is unfortunate. But I watch a lot of bad movies, and this is kind of that's this is kind of what I was. It's kind of like watching a bad movie. Yeah, and like even though the plot was flimsy, I enjoyed the three of them teaming up and like raiding the facility. And I think again that credit goes to Todd McFarland because it's visually fun. Um, mm. Like one of my favorite panels in this issue is. Um, after they are in the facility, we see like uh, Silver Sable surrounded by two of the Nazis on this like walkway. And then in the foreground, we see Spider-Man like hanging off of a side of the wall as he's like looking down, watching this. And then she throws the her like weird Silver Sable throwing stars yes. at them. Like that panel is so fun and interesting. And like the the angles and how like. I don't. I just don't see that in any of the other comics. Like a panel like that would Sp- never the, happen. You mean the one of Spider-Man, like looking down? Yeah. Yes, I agree. That is an excellent panel. You're right. No other artist would have thought about it. But then look at the panel right next to it of Silver Sable throwing that thing. <laughs> right. It looks like a teenager drew it. It's garbage, right? Yeah. But so like, either he really tried on the first one and didn't try on the other one, or I don't know what. Yeah, I, I think... I, it seems like all of his focus and his energy goes into creating uh, uh, visually dynamic things and less time goes into making the art uh, uh, high quality. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it, he he would make like a really good storyboard artist compared to because it's just so visually stunning planning all of these shots out and how these action sequences are going to be happening like even even i I mean i i feel like i gush about him every issue since he's been introduced but like when when all of these the lasers are like shooting at spider-man and he's dodging them they're coming off of the page and then they're bouncing back and forth on the the corners of the panel like they shoot into the panel and then you see them like hit the corners and all of the edges instead of them Uh just like hitting a wall like the panels feel alive in a part of the story um earlier on like some of the panels are actually like disintegrating when things are blowing up in them like there's just Mm -hmm. I, i don't know just fun interesting things like like i think becca was saying too like candy like just like cool things to look at in every single shot um, well, yeah, and yeah. and basically he invented. Well, well, no, sorry, I should back up. Art Adams in, innovated a lot of these techniques. Uh, we we reviewed uh, Long Shot on Spidercast and Flea Market Fantasy, and a lot of this comes from Art Adams. But this is basically Image Comics, right? This is what they all excelled at. Like Art Adam, sorry, um, Rob Liefeld, Eric Larson, they all did these little things. They all mastered the art of candy, eye candy, but none of them 
mastered the art of anatomy and draftsmanship and perspective. Mm. And so it's like all of them had so much potential. And I, and I keep saying, I wish all these guys would have like gone back to art school and learned how to actually draw <laughs> instead of just now 20, 30 years later, they still draw like teenagers. That's the problem. Like mm-hmm. Rob Liefeld's art has not improved one iota in 35 years. It's embarrassing. Okay, maybe a little bit. Maybe, oh, yeah, a, little maybe bit. a tiny yeah. bit. I, honestly, I don't care. I'd rather have this than than any of the other issues, personally. I like the storytelling in this. I like the art and how dynamic it is and how interesting. Like, this is this was a shitty story. I'm sorry. The, what happened in, in this, this comic kind of blows. Like, there's nothing that redeeming about the story and what's happening. But it's still so visually fun to read because, like how it's being told is done in a fun way and an interesting way. And there's always new things that I have not seen before in his comics. I would much rather have this shitty anatomy and have the fun storytelling in the art. Well, people like you are the reason comics were destroyed in the nineties. But anyway, um, so let's, uh, here's the thing though. Everybody says that when they were kids, Todd McFarlane was their famous art, favorite artist. There's a reason because of that. It's so bold and engaging. It's very easy to follow along. And I don't think that that's a negative. Yeah, yeah. It's clear storytelling. It's mm. just that, you know, when you get older, you see all the flaws. Like, he, when, no, I'm not saying he's not talented. He was one of my favorite artists. But I just wish that he would have gone, like, it's like I was, you know, I always like, I always make sports references whenever I, I talk about sports. Do you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, so but, much about sports. And yeah, exactly. References. No, actually, I know one sports analogy, and that's Michael Jordan, okay? Apparently, <laughs> when he started out, he was not good at, what are they called, Mike Dell? They called free throws? <laughs> What is well, it called? He was, uh, a free th- he a was pretty good at free throws. He was pretty I, good well, at free throws. I should see hoopsie. At one point, he was not, though. And, and basically, he had to practice. So he's like, okay, well, that's it. I'm not good at them, so I'm going to go and practice every night until I am good. And I wish Todd McFarlane would have gone, you know what? I am good at A, B, and C, but I'm not good at anatomy, so I'm going to just keep learning anatomy. But he didn't do that. Mm. What's that, Jolie? I'm just nodding my head and listening. Do you agree? I think you said the same analogy last week. Oh yeah, but I'm bringing it up again because Mike Dell is here, and he'll appreciate my sports analogy. Yeah, I love when Mike Dell talks sports. Yeah, it's always. But me anyway. Too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. I also have. How have we not talked about the over the booty shot instead We're... of the over the shoulder shot? We get we get an over the butt shot. Which uh, page? When uh, Peter, when Spider Man is sitting on the table in Silver Sable's office. Instead of an over-the-shoulder shot, we get an over-the-butt shot of Spider-Man uh, as we are looking past Silver Stable's ass? butt in this drawing. Oh, yeah. That is? Yeah. That is, yeah. Yes, that is Silver Sable's ass you're looking at. Yes. Yeah. Cheesecake, Again, I say, they call it. That is not how you would ink that fabric. That is not how that fabric would lie or fall yeah. on that part of the body, even Very if it was skin legs. tight. Sorry. Yeah, see, I couldn't tell it was a butt. I think that's my problem, too. I didn't realize it was a butt. Yeah. Oh, mean, I clocked in that it was a butt mean, right away. Guy. Yeah. How much? Jeez, What's the point of having ass and titties if you can't tell if they're ass and titties? Exactly. <laughs> Me and Becca would have been all uh. over that butt. Yeah. Only... <laughs> 
I mean, uh, sorry, I'm married. <laughs> sorry. Uh, oh, you know what, guys? Okay, before we wrap up, one more thing. I noticed a little uh, kind of, not Easter egg, but a little attention to detail. You know those guys at the end, like all hiding in shadows, talking about why does Peter Parker have photos of Spider-Man? Yeah. Yep. The newspaper they're looking at has photographs of Spider-Man, but Spider-Man is drawn in the old Steve Ditko way with like smaller eyes. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little detail. Same thing cool. earlier on when uh, Spider-Man's reading the comic about Hulk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, I destroyed Game of It says McFarlane in hospital, artist in stable condition after the Hulk beat him. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like McFarlane is, he loads, oh, I don't know if you guys know this, Todd McFarlane always puts Felix the Cat somewhere in every issue of every comic he does. Wait, and on really? The, yeah, and this issue, if you look at the f- first panel of Spider-Man reading the newspaper, you can see Felix the Cat on the, on the back of the newspaper there. Huh. Oh, yeah. now I, uh-oh. This is oh, cool. I'm gonna that's have to. Yeah, that's gonna. That's gonna <laughs> be my thing. Uh-huh. Thing now to look at every issue. So anyway, <laughs> uh, recommendations. Uh, not a great issue of Amazing, but I still recommend it. It's still a fun Spidey book. GI Jolie, what about you? Yeah, sure. McFarlane <laughs> is fun. Go ahead and read it. Also, there's a continuation. It's a continuation of another story, and this one continues on. So right. you're a completist again. Like, don't stop now. Okay, Joshua Mervell, recommend yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's a fun issue, but in the kind of like stupid fun way. Like, story's not great, but it's really interesting to look at. So I'd recommend it on that basis alone. Okay, Bex Luthor. Yeah, no, I recommend it. I mean, is it the best thing I've ever read? No, <laughs> but. You know, I didn't have a bad time, so... But also, take that with a great assault, because I never have a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> Mike, Mike Dell. Mike, Mike Dell. Do you recommend Well, it? I love the Doc Savage title. It went downhill from there. Uh, I thought the story was uh, weak and uh, kind of pointless, and I thought the art was terrible. I did not like this art at all. I don't. I didn't think it was fun. It hurt my eyes to look at. <laughs> so okay. Like <laughs> oh, wait, one more quick question. So, oh, I, you know what? I was going to ask you about Alex Savick versus McFarlane, but you didn't even know Alex Savick when you were a kid. But obviously, yeah. when you were a kid, you liked McFarlane, right? Yeah. Yeah. I never encountered Savick at all until today. <laughs> okay. But it's interesting because when you were when when McFarlane was on Amazing, Savick would have been doing web, so you probably saw his art but didn't care about it and just didn't buy it, right? Uh, I wouldn't say that. No, I just, okay. uh, I just, uh, I didn't, I never liked the idea that Spider-Man had a, had a bunch of books. So if I bought Spider-Man, uh, I just bought Amazing Spider-Man. That was it. Like, see, I was so obsessed that I had to buy everything uh, uh, he appeared in. So I bought all three of these. Yeah. It, it's not like McFarlane month. was my favorite artist when I was a kid. I liked him, but okay. he was down the list, you know? But um, Okay. Okay. Sure. Now we're going to talk about the spectacular Spider-Man 141. Featuring an appearance by the Punisher. Now, I want to point out, and I've said this before, but Mike Dell, just so you know, at this point, Punisher might have had his miniseries, but he did not have a regular monthly book. Okay. So it was, it was still rare to see Punisher, and he was created by Jerry Conway, so, you know, this is Punisher's... Well, 
he was huh? stolen by Jerry Conway. Remember oh. we did all that? <laughs> it's the, it's stolen okay. by Jerry Conway. Fight, yeah. fine. fight, 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 <laughs> yeah. fight. anyway so yeah we we got an awesome cover here don't mess with the punisher punisher is kicking some guys asses some guys asses whatever and uh we open up with this awesome splash page by sal busema uh spidey is swinging down um over top of uh punisher's van and he's going to meet punisher on a uh, on a boat and i love how punisher explains that he stole this boat from a colombian drug lord can i point out colombians do not speak english natively they speak spanish so this colombian drug lord decided decided to call his boat golden girl <laughs> because he's a big fan of the golden girls I don't right know there why you that's... go oh b yeah. arthur Who so anyway sophia is my favorite Who's yeah yours? <laughs> so anyway so yeah so they basically have this really I think it's a very cool meeting where uh, they basically talk about Tombstone and why Punisher, like what he's after. He's after this tape that Peter Parker has has acquired from Robbie Robertson containing all of this evidence about Tombstone. And Punisher talks about, uh, you know, why he wants to hunt down Tombstone, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Tombstone and his goons are actually watching this happen from like, it looks like, like five feet away practically, right? And so they kind well, of flashback. Mike, huh? I like to point out as well that when they're having their little meeting, uh, he's showing them all these pictures of Tombstone around the United States. You see him in front of the Golden Gate yes. Bridge. You see him in front of the arch there in St. Louis. Yep. And then they also say he's in Pittsburgh as well. So they have a picture of Pittsburgh, and they could recognize Pittsburgh by just one photo. I was impressed by that. Usually- Which one is Pittsburgh? <laughs> the one you can't tell. that has Mike oh, okay. yeah. house in it. Yeah, yeah I know. Exactly. As someone who comes from Pittsburgh. That's nice to see Pittsburgh get some attention, but I'm wondering what picture would they show yeah, that is point. easily recognizable mm. that he's what in is, Pittsburgh. What is the most famous landmark of Pittsburgh? Is there one? Uh, Sidney Crosby. Uh, yeah, Kit Crosby. <laughs> well, back here it would have been a giant statue of him. Well, well, back here it would have been Mario Lemieux, you know, 66. You could uh, show uh, Mario Lemieux there. I had a Mario Lemieux Barbie doll oh, back when I was a kid. Really? Because Pittsburgh Penguins were my favorite team because I liked penguins. Nice. And I had a big crush on him. Oh, I had no idea. His, his skates, his skates came off, and they came without their skates, and you could replace the gloves with other gloves. I had no idea that was a thing. Wow! Didn't don't know who the market demo was. That just me. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mike. Canadian girl. Oh, yeah. sorry, guys. I've googled Pittsburgh. It actually looks really nice. Oh yeah, it's a great city. It's a great city. It's a beautiful city. I didn't yeah. realize there was like one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> at least six bridges. No, no jive, Mike. Pittsburgh has the most bridges in of any city in the world. That is. True. That is not a lie. Wow. That is a fact. You yeah. know how many bridges we have crossing to from Windsor to Detroit? One. And now yeah. we're going to have two. That's it. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to anyway, give uh, Pittsburgh some love Anyway, back to Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they're talking about Tombstone. They're flashing back to scenes we've seen before of like – or maybe the, maybe we haven't seen these specific no. scenes. But mm-hmm. we've seen Tombstone choke out guys and leave yeah. their eyes bugged out of their head. <laughs> we've definitely seen that before. And then uh, Punisher is flashing back to the issue before because we saw all these scenes, but we didn't know who it was that was kind of following Spider-Man. Now we realize, oh, it was Punisher the whole time, hiding in the shadows, blah, 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 right? And so basically Punisher is like, this is what, I'm going to get this tape. I want to get it. So then, you know, it's one of those classic superhero tropes where Spider-Man's like, well, I'll talk to Peter Parker and uh, <laughs> he'll give it to me and then I'll give it to you. How about that? You know, so it's kind of funny. 
And then we cut back out to um, Tombstone, and he's like, he basically tells his goons, okay, I want you to go and scare Punisher. So then uh, we cut back over to Robbie Robertson in the hospital, and he's talking to Ben Urich, and Ben Urich is, Ben Urich knows that there's this tape, and Robbie Robertson's trying to pretend that he doesn't know what he's talking about, and Ben Urich's like, I know about the tape, blah, blah, blah. He's trying to convince him to do the right thing, and, you know, Joe Robertson, Joe Robbie Robertson is like, you know, he's got this moral dilemma, he doesn't know what to do. So we cut back over to Punisher on Golden Girl, and uh, we see the, these goons sneaking onto the boat, and Punisher is making, uh, like, basically, he's frying up some bacon, and these guys, uh, and, he, and he's wearing, like a, like, a bath towel, and his hair is wet. These guys sneak down into the boat, and he hears them, so he whips some bacon grease at them, and, and it totally goes in this guy's eye, and for the whole rest of the scene, he's like, my eyes, man, my eyes! And, and he's like, going crazy, and so he, it's like three students, he falls back and knocks this guy over, then Punisher whips his, like, uh, cast iron pan at the guy and hits him in the head, and then the guy is still talking with his eyes. He's like, two on- oh yeah, because Punisher's like, how many people are on the boat? And he's like, two on deck. Oh man, I can't see. So then Punisher, and again, keep in mind, this is a 1980s comic book approved by the Comics Code. The Punisher takes this machine gun and just wastes these two guys, murders them. They fall off the boat into the sea. And, uh, and then he grabs the guy that gave him the information. And he, now he's going to spare him, right? Because he gave him the information. And um, and uh, that's it. So then we cut away to Peter Parker and Mary Jane. Now, we can talk about this later, but this is a completely different take on Mary Jane than uh, we see from Todd McFarlane. I like it, but whatever. That's a whole other story. So Peter is having a moral dilemma because he's got this tape here that Joe Robertson has recorded all about Tombstone and all the things that he's done, and he's trying to figure out what to do, right? And then Mary Jane is like, she throws in her, her two cents, and she's like... Um, you know, um, I don't want to see you get hurt, you know, do what you think is right, but don't ask me to decide, I can't handle it. So then he gives her a kiss and then leaves. And then she's like, well, you know, I'm so, you know, I love you so much, the thought of losing you is more than I can stand, you know. So then we cut over to um, uh, tombs- or, sorry, yeah, Tombstone, who is going into, I can't remember, where is he going now? Oh, that's Did you right. see him? No, um, he's going. No, he sees building. Peter Parker's apartment. Yeah, so now he knows that Peter Parker lives there. That's kind of scary. Yeah. So then, um, so then we cut over to uh, the Cloisters, which is a 20th century monastery. Um, that is, I guess, this is Tombstone's headquarters, right? So then, Punisher uh, parks his van outside, and I actually love this scene. Again, we have to remember that Jerry Conway created, not stole, the Punisher. He stole him. And so he is going to go in and kick some ass. But unlike later Punisher stories, the Punisher is not, you know, infallible. He makes mistakes. So he goes in and he, I, I assume he shoots this guy. He shoots one guy, shoots another guy. And then I love this narration. He's like, you know, uh, he's talking about how, uh, you know, Frank Castle, a.k.a. the Punisher, has been awake for over 36 hours. He's tired. Tired men make near fatal mistakes. The Punisher just made his. So he hesitated, and in broad daylight, he tried to, like, reload his gun. And at that moment, we see one, two, three, four, five, six goons all leap out of the bushes to, you know, beat the crap out of the Punisher. Then we cut back over to uh, Peter Parker's apartment. And Tombstone... Is this, is this the apartment or no? Yes. Has he followed her? Yes. Okay, it's the apartment. So Tombstone... 
actually comes into the apartment and picks up Mary Jane by her hair and is like holding her up. And I, I love this sequence. I love the art. He's holding her up and it's like, it's like no country for old men scary. I love it. And so, <laughs> and so then, uh, you know, we, we cut away from that scene very quickly. We cut back and Punisher is beating the crap out of these goons. Thud, crack, chunk, right? Quam, uh, kachak, chak, thuck. <laughs> Every sound effect in the book. <laughs> yeah, fuck. And then um and then he scares one guy away just by looking at him. And he's like, "Okay, Tombstone, I played your little game of cat and mouse." And up until this point, the story was pretty realistic. Then <laughs> then the the limousine this opens. Is amazing. And a guy called the Persuader dressed in there a white leotard and with a big like, like lollipop on his chest. Yeah, like what is that? Yeah, like a lo- like a lo- like a like a not a maze. What is that called? Like a, it's like a squirrel. A hypno thing where you get hypnotized. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so he is trying to hypnotize. And they, they've been building up this guy for like six months. Oh, so you, this tr- is the first time you've ever seen him? No, seen yeah. Him in what costume. it is, is we've seen him. We've seen him in, in street clothes. This is the first time we've seen him in costume. <laughs> what a costume it is! Yeah. So they've been building up that this guy can control people's minds. So finally, now we can see him in action. Six months of build up, he hypnotizes the Punisher, and we see that great shot of the Punisher all hypnotized. And then the next page is like, no, no, no. He's like fighting the hypnotism. We get a great Salbusema shot of him like completely bent over backwards it's so great persuaders trying to hypnotize him but punisher's fighting it then we cut to the we cut away because we don't know what's going to happen right maybe maybe punisher's going to be a bad guy now we don't know so we cut back to peter parker who is standing over joe robertson as he's in bed and then we get a phone call the nurse comes in and says are you peter parker yes i thought so one of the emergency room nurses said your wife She's been hurt. And then he's like, Mary Jane. And then we cut back to Joe Robertson crying in bed because he knows that something bad has happened with Tombstone. And that's it. The end. Next issue. And one will fall. Yeah. And I guess the big plot here is they have a tape. Uh, Robertson has a tape that he gave to Peter that has all the evidence against Tombstone. And he's debating whether to release it or not because he thinks if he releases it, Tombstone, who's already broken his back, will kill him. Right? Is that what's going yes. on? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. So I loved this issue as I love every issue lately with this whole Tombstone saga. Mike Dell, I heard you snicker. What did you th- What did you think no, of this no, issue? No, no, I was just laughing that you uh you love all these issues because you know, probably a little questionable some of these issues. But is, wow. is this like the first Tombstone appearance in Spider Man? Is this like it's his like first? no, no, no. He's well, like this about- arc. Yeah, yeah, this this arc, not this issue. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 like a few, like three or four issues ago, he first appeared, and now they've been building up this whole Joe Robertson storyline. So, mm-hmm. so what did you think of this one? I enjoyed it. Uh, the story is okay. You know, Punisher does make some uh, goofy uh, decisions here <laughs> with the Golden Girl boat, uh, the Persuader guy in his little yellow outfit. That was amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, but I love Sal's art here. Holy hell, yes. he, he inked his own stuff. See, you know, yes. this, this is comic book art. This clean lines, no waste of mo- no wasted lines at all. Just telling the story, and man, I love this. It's good. I'm just watching Josh's face as you say that because <laughs> I'm totally with you, Mike Dell. Like when I was a kid, I was on the fence about Sal Buscema, but as I got older, I, I just he's one of my favorite artists. I yeah, love I'm not a huge stuff. fan of his art normally, but I really love this. I mean, uh, this is great stuff. I, maybe because I don't know if, how many times I've seen him ink his own stuff. I really like well, the inking here. 
You know, we should point out he also drastically changed his style, like yeah, around the mid mid eighties. Because yeah, because he got fired from New Mutants by Ando Senti, America's sweetheart. And then what happened was he changed his style, and he he actually said that he changed it to kind of he was influenced by Bill Sienkiewicz. So he yeah, was fired I can see that. because of Bill the sharp Sienkiewicz. edges, the angles, exactly yeah. right. So Love it. yeah, Love it. it's great. He probably uses uh, fewer lines in this entire book than McFarland did in like two panels. You're mm. totally right. I agree. Uh, yeah, it's a very can. efficient style. Yeah, he's yeah, a classic comic the, artist. The art looks amazing in this issue. Uh, there's no arguing that. I think it looks probably the best out of all three. Um, I just think that at times it's the least interesting. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's fair. Te- there's nothing. There's nothing exciting here going on with panel designs or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, and, and even like the story being told. I feel like there's ways that could have been like really interesting. Like I, I'm really, really disappointed in one page in particular. Um, there's sorry, my dog is oinking. Uh, <laughs> oinking. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when um, the Punisher and Spidey are first talking on the Golden Girls boat, uh, Punisher is recalling when he got some information from some goons, right? And Spidey's like, how'd you find Tombstone? How'd you find out Tombstone was in New York? And he says, contacts. And then we cut over to all of these guys laid out on like pool tables with pool cues, like busted. Everybody's knocked out and it's just Punisher in the center looking at them all. But then we have this like dialogue in there, him explaining it. And then we cut over to him, like holding up a guy to get information from him uh, like if 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 it was done like more interesting it would have been like the panel of spidey asking punisher it would have been a an empty like no dialogue in one panel of everybody laid out all over the pool table and then the next panel would have been him looking at spidey saying contacts and then you don't have to be like oh i beat up some guys and got the information and oh it's new york and augie's pug pub who cares like we you know what i mean like we get the whole story just in the one panel after him like like we we see what what's happening in just the one panel of everybody laying out on the on the pool table and everybody knocked out in this bar you don't need to like then take time to be like, after Harold's funeral, I did some networking and say, who cares? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't totally have, right. you know, so like they have to use all of this dialogue to explain what's happening instead of just letting the art and the, the panels tell the story. And it would have been so much more interesting and kind of funny to to see him just be like contacts. And then all of these guys laying out everywhere and like, yeah, you know, yeah, because it's actually a little bit like this, the web sequence where the narration is playing off the visuals of what you're seeing. Right. right. It's similar to that. And it's you're right. That's a good point. They they could have just cut out all that dialogue and just had like him being like it could have been like a funny, you know, I uh, I don't know what he could have said that was funny, but like it would have contradicted what you see visually. Right. right? It's almost like the Ant-Man uh, the Ant-Man narration joke right. where yeah, the yeah, character yeah. is talking for all the other characters yeah. and all. Like, and, I and love it, that. It anyway. wouldn't, wouldn't be like a flat-out joke where you're laughing out loud or anything, but it's like a visual cue that like tells the entire story. You know what I right. mean? Like it's, it's right. super interesting. And while the art is a lot better in this issue, I am never going to go back to this issue to be like, I need to look at all of this art. 
because the oh, story because the story <laughs> it, it, like the story that's being told in the panels just like isn't as interesting to me are you telling where me? the uh, oh no, sorry go ahead. finish your thought uh, where 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 the amazing issue while the story is kind of crummy and the art technically isn't good it's just way more fun to look at and i'll definitely have more fun going back and looking at those panels and seeing what's going on in the story okay gi julie that you wouldn't go back to this comic and look at the persuader right in his dead hypno eyes (laughs) (laughs) ridiculous also, also, his name is the Persuader, and he's teamed up mm. with the Arranger. Come yeah. on now, come on now. Good point. And they're fighting the Punisher. Yeah. Arrange for you. It is ridiculous. Persuaded. Uh, no, I, like, I love that. It, I love how ridiculous that is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like that's the part that I would like cut out and put hang in my locker. <laughs> right. So, so crazy, and it's like. The Punisher is very strong and his will is strong and he's able to like not be so persuaded except for he's the persuader has to step out of the vehicle and like use all of his powers of mutant persuasion. (laughs) (laughs) This is exactly why I read comics. Yeah. I love that costume though, huh? Yellow and bright yellow boots. Money. So goofy. Can I also? I just want to quickly say, I th- I've got all the original issues, but obviously we're reading these digitally. I love the fact that this issue is not remastered, and we can see the crappy newsprint because mm-hmm. I think Sal Buscema's art is so perfectly suited to this, and I love the charm of seeing the faded colors, you know, and just. I don't know. I just think it looks great. It it definitely makes the issue as a whole feel more classic. Uh, right. with, between the art, the fact that we're reading a scanned copy, uh, the the characters even that are being introduced in the costumes feel a little bit corny and old school. And it, I think it altogether, this comic like fits well with everything that's happening, like the art, right. the scans, the characters, the corny costumes, like it all kind of meshes together and vibes really well. Like the tone is consistent throughout. Right, right. Hmm. Uh, Julie, you gave your review, right? Uh, I said what I said about Persuader, and that's really all I liked about this book. Um, the art around his eyes, the best. Do you want, I like Shima too. Uh, what a great artist. Do you know what I don't get? And I was having a conversation about this with my friend Eric the other day. Is like the Punisher. I don't get it. I just don't. Is he just, like, big yeah. and he, like, kills people? That's his yeah. What don't okay. you get? <laughs> okay, I guess I get it, and I just like would rather not. <laughs> right. I well, think we should. Go I ahead. think we kind of talked about it last issue, last yeah. episode too, with the previous issue. But I, I think that Punisher always works better when teamed up with a superhero that has stronger morals. Mm. yes right like it i think punisher by himself isn't very interesting he's just like a dude that kills everybody that's bad but when he's teamed up with somebody like spider-man who's like yeah these people are bad but they don't deserve to die that's when i think punisher is most interesting when he's like teamed up with that morally uh uh better character yeah Mm. also i just like to say um f you tombstone 
uh, he's got Mary Jane, beautiful, stunning Mary Jane, by her gorgeous red hair. And he's like, I'm just trying to ask you a civil question. It's like, no, jackass, you have her by the hair. There's nothing <laughs> civil about what you're doing. I would kick him right in his stupid face face with her high boots like i'm sure she, she tried can... i know yeah, yeah she tried she she kicks him in the belly there yeah she does yeah but yeah. that's why tombstone's Go for so the dick, cool mary jane yeah. <laughs> it's like she's too, i she's hope too they make short. you know what's what? funny i gotta quickly point out sony just announced did you oh, guys God. hear the new movie they announced yeah did you hear about this mike dell el morto or something like that can you freaking believe Sony owns the rights to every single Spider-Man villain, and they decided to make a movie about that guy. Why don't he's they make been a in Tombstone two issues? Movie? He's been in two yeah. issues of any <laughs> comic like, ever. They're like, we can't make anybody angry with this movie. <laughs> Jokes on them. Yeah, <laughs> everyone is angry. Yeah, it's um, it's strange. You you know what, Mike? I think you're on the right track. It would be super fun to see like a like ground level like a uh, villain story with like hammerhead and tombstone and like sure. a gritty kind of like mob story in the uh sony universe because yeah, then you don't have not? to do the whole like superhero angle because obviously they don't do that correctly <laughs> they, they can't <laughs> they can't seem to handle that too well uh bex luthor what'd you think of this one i just have a couple couple things that i just want to talk about mm. um first off love the name golden girl on the boat um very funny i love punisher's little trench coat that he takes off immediately why does he have a trench coat he doesn't need a trench coat he's like welcome spidey to my love boat here's all my guns displayed beautifully on the wall i love that he what a fop i'm a, such a fan <laughs> of this punisher he's ridiculous and they're just like casually sitting in his boat full of guns um love that love mary jane's outfit the peplum she's cute the boots also cute blue outfit red boots love that um but we ever you you all guys all know what i'm gonna talk about like he hello i didn't realize that i enjoyed sal busama this much but thank you for being a friend, Sal, and uh, <laughs> just uh, giving me some shirtless Frank Castle, which oh, yeah. that towel is with wet hair. dangerous. Cooking. That towel is dangerous at during these fight scenes. I thought for sure they were gonna have like a towel fall steam moment <laughs> going on. Like he fights all these dudes in just a towel with wet hair, and he's shooting that gun. I don't even care what happened after that. I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, to, None of it matters sp to me. Speaking of honesty, I think that flaming hot baking grease is like probably the best weapon ever. Oh my god! Yeah, he's like there's no way that the guy is not blind now. Right, yeah, right in the eye. Mm -hmm. Crazy. What a waste of some. I do eggs. love. <laughs> I love that panel. He's just like on his on his stolen boat full of guns. In it's just a towel, cooking some eggs and bacon, and he's like, well, time to get ambushed, I guess, and just whips it, and the bacon little pieces flying everywhere. I do like that a lot. Mm -hmm. That is a, a probably not meant to be funny, but this very funny to me part of this book. Yeah. I love how wholesome and homey it is. Just Frank Castle. <laughs> Does he have a shower on his houseboat? He, yeah. Did he just come in from the, the water? I don't know. 
Was he skinny dipping? I, I think he was skinny dipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a fun scene. Okay, can we talk about MJ? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, can she not be a damsel anymore? Uh, Come on. That, that sucks that... She, one, she's a damsel again. Two, we've recessed into her not being a fan of Peter Parker being Spider-Man again. Like, come on. It's so annoying. Like, it, it was fine when that was her whole deal, right? Like, she's unsure of him being a superhero and what's going on. But they got over that together. She is with Peter because she likes the fact that he is Spider-Man. And I like when they're working together. Um, to like hide his identity or like she's kind of like helping him out with whatever's going on in his like Spider-Man uh, world. But this really sucks that we have to be like, I don't like that he's Spider-Man. I'm always so scared that he's going to die. It's like we've gone through this already. And it's it especially when it's contrasted with like the amazing issue where he she's like kind of like joking around with the fact that like he's out being Spider-Man while she's having friends over. Like it's, she's like a part well, of Peter's life at that point. But here's this the one, thing though. It's like, I don't know. But, but not once does she say that though. All she says is she's scared of losing him. And it's specifically because of what's happening with Tombstone. She doesn't want to even talk to him about like, he's like, Hey, here's what's going on. Like, mm -hmm. what do you think about it? She's like, don't talk to me about it. Like, this is your moral decision, not mine. It's like, are you kidding? That's not who MJ is at this point. You're married. His problem is your problem now. But I, I thought they were a team. Yeah. I thought that we had gone past that where she was like, ah, I'm not interested in your Spider-Man. She's shocked like, when she he kisses her. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. I didn't read it that way. I just read it as tombstone is in the picture and everyone's scared to death of him that's how i read it i didn't read it as a spider-man thing at all really she even says yeah. uh-huh peter this is your in all in like bold your moral decision not mine yeah but that's because he but, th but that's because he was given the tape by joe robertson and he has the choice of whether or not he wants to betray him by giving it away even though joe robertson doesn't want to or he can give it away and therefore expose tombstone but risk possible retaliation which is what ends up happening because tombstone ends up coming to the apartment anyway and harming mj which is what she was scared about in the first place right yeah i don't know so i, thought I, she, I was we were past her just being scared and kidnapped at this point mm -hmm. well let's ask our special guest mike dell what do you think eh, you know whatever <laughs> okay, so yeah, on to the next. Okay, what'd you think of the, the rest of the issue? <laughs> uh, this was my favorite of the three issues. Uh, I really liked Sal's art, and it, this seems like a more classic Spider-Man-y book, I would say. I don't know. Um, but I, I enjoyed this, most of the three. Although, hey, yeah. if, if you kids want to know more about the true origins of the Punisher, go, go read the Executioner series of novels by Don Pendleton, and then you can know where Jerry Conway stole the idea. <laughs> that's true that's fine though. that's fine and then you can read Doc Savage after that right yes anyway <laughs> okay so uh, yeah so I guess we all re uh, recommend this one wait did you give your full review Mike Dell yeah that's it was I that it, it? Yeah. okay that was it okay I was saving the best for last, but anyway, Julie, I think you I started review, off right because right? I talked I talked about Sal early on in the. the okay, that's yeah, right. Yeah. 
That's right. So yeah, I definitely recommend this one. Again, when I was a kid, I didn't like this one as much as the McFarlane issues, but now that we're going back and reading it, yeah, this is my favorite. I love the story. I love the art. I love our pal Sal. Uh, mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend this one. G.I. Julie, what about you? Um, I recommend this one too. I like this one the best out of the three that we read today. Ooh, um, nice. Yeah. Mm? This tombstone stuff is shaping up to be fun. Um, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, <laughs> so I was reminded of Punisher breakfast shenanigans and am reinvigorated to see him in this book <laughs> awesome so stupid Josh do you recommend this one yeah um, it's it's pretty solid uh, besides the MJ stuff I think it's a pretty good uh, pretty good issue I'm loving Tombstone and his whole deal uh, Robbie Robertson being more involved in the story is, is great. Um, yeah, I'd recommend this one. All right, Bex Luthor. Uh, yeah, I mean, just for the shirtless Punisher stuff, <laughs> go for it. Uh-huh. Um, it was okay. It, it continues the story pretty decently. I do like that the Punisher just gets absolutely tricked. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the person, the, 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 the finale or the reveal of the persuader been waiting months for that um it was, Roy- it was clearly Roiland. worth it though right all those months to see that no guy. yeah my <laughs> my favorite my favorite character finally here he is Royland Rayburn the persuader um, <laughs> for so, so, you think Sony has the rights to that? Oh, yeah, there you go. That's a blockbuster. That's the only way they're going to make money on any of these Sony ones is if they get the Persuader to come out and mm-hmm. hypnotize everybody into paying to watch their movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he's a mutant, well, didn't you Joke's know? on him. <laughs> yeah. No. It's the mm-hmm. second way that they get like... the X-Men into the world. <laughs> uh, Mike Dell, do you recommend this one? Yeah, I started off, remember? And I said, yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. What, what in tarnation? Okay. <laughs> Ever anyway, since right. Michael got taken into that love cult, he hasn't been the same. Yeah, That's and I've persuaded. So, uh, Mike Dell, why don't you tell us and the audience where uh, we can find you and the podcast and where uh-huh. we can find all your stuff? Eh, don't find me anywhere. I like to be right. left alone. <laughs> but, uh, right. Flea Market Fantasy with Mike L. <laughs> Every, uh, what is that, Mike L? You put it up, uh, is that Tuesday? Every Tuesday, yeah. every Tuesday. Right here on, uh, on, uh, YouTube's and, uh, Spotify, right, Mike L? Name them all. Mike L always names them all. Name yeah, them all. YouTube, you Facebook, Podcast. not Twitter, uh, <laughs> let's see, the website, <laughs> Spotify, <laughs> Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. And I also, uh, got Crackwise on the LCS Hockey Radio Show every Friday. And, uh... I'm sure Joe Lee will be coming over to tell us about our comic book store. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. I can do that. As long as the <laughs> three of us, me, Josh, and Becca, can come on and talk about Big Brother soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say hockey. Yeah. yeah, we'll work it out. I posted, it in, out. I posted in the chat my Mario Lemieux doll. Oh, nice. Saw that. Yeah. No, I did not see that. That I'll, is the I'll doll go. that I had. Yeah. I didn't even know they had I, uh, Mario Lemieux dolls. We got, that was it's, like a, it's like a Barbie doll. Yeah, I slept with that. Wow, I loved him. That looks exactly All like right. him. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, creepy the... how much it looks like him. 
Ages four to one hundred and four. Yikes. Jeez. I was abs. I was definitely was at ninety eight. I was definitely like six. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right well. be sure to join us next week as we review Cult of Love Part 3. Mm. Uh, an issue of Amazing Spider-Man featuring the Black Fox. Remember him? Yes. And the He's continuation the... of the Tombstone storyline. And we'll be joined by very special guest David Constantino. So be Ooh, sure to join us, everybody. That sounds like a yep. good one. Yes. And I want to thank G.I. Jolie and Bex Luther for joining us, as usual. And special guest Mike Dell from the LCS Hockey Radio Show and Flea Market Fantasy for joining us. As usual, and, uh, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And until next Monday, see you later. Bye.